welcome to the Breaking Wax Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Breaking Wax Podcast. This is Season 3, Episode 4, and today we have a repeat offender, special guest, my boy Brandon, a.k.a. Bro Namath or Bro Namath. What's up, dude? What's up, man? Nothing much. I'm glad you recovered. Uh, looks like you recovered well from Nationals. Um, nationals was definitely fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm really disappointed I couldn't go. Yeah, you and me both, man. I was looking forward to it, but, you know, there's always next year. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you guys found a stand-in. It looked like you found a bootleg me to fill in or rob me. <laughs> he looked just like you. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the photos, and I was like, nice, nice. He seems cool, though. I don't know, I don't know him. Yeah, you know, Adam's just... Adam's a trip, dude. He's hilarious. Oh my god, he's he's like something out of the office. What? Where does Rob know him from? They worked together years ago. Okay. Um, he's actually an OG collector, so he's into a lot of like, uh, you know, the early two thousands and late nineties, um, you know, stuff. So he's been collecting for a long time. So he's he has a footing in a hobby. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he seems funny. He seems like he fit right in, so that's good. No, it's perfect. It was seamless. <laughs> what did uh, you know? I tried to get this set up with you a few times before nationals. It never happened, which was fine. Uh, Cam, aka Gib Collect, stepped right in last week and and did an episode with me, which was interesting. <laughs> How was that? It was good. Cam's good. You know, he's a good yeah. kid, but uh. You know, he's young, so he's like the same age as my my middle son. But I, I like talking to him, you know. Um, he's still doing his razzes, and he, he's had a paid internship, so that was good. Um, oh, nice. Good for him. I didn't know that. Yeah, so it was good. It was good. What? Uh, so I know you guys have been working on the app. Can you say who else is doing the app with you? Yeah, so the app is Slab Exchange. If you haven't followed it yet, please do. We greatly appreciate it. Um, it's myself. It is Two Chens. Uh, it is uh, Chino Dollar, which I think is Carolwood Collectibles on Instagram. And then a mentor of mine uh, locally uh, is a silent partner, but he's been in the card industry for years. So he uh, actually hosts the Tampa Card Show here. Um, Name is Chester. So he's been into this for a long time. Chester is one of those guys you see at the show and you have no idea the amount of fire he has in his collection. Well, you know, it's funny is that for national, he always has told me he specifically brings um, football, right? Because football season's upcoming and that's what always sells well. <clears throat> so he tries to cater what he brings to shows with what is moving. Right. Um, and he'll just hold stuff for eight months, nine months until those three months come where he's able to display. And that's what the stuff people are looking for. So I stopped by his. Um, his table a few times at national. He was doing great, but he was also at comps, you know, like he wasn't what everyone else was seeing, which was like 200%, 300% over like two, three X. Uh, you know, he was priced fair. So he was moving a lot of product and having to restock his displays. So he And he has a ton of insane stuff. Yeah. I'm, yeah. No, I mean, he had, he had Burrow Allen, uh, Burrow Allen, Tua Herbert, and some Mahomes out, but that's all he had. It's all quarterbacks. What what's his play though? Does he buy singles and grade them, or he waits for like different, like I guess the market to go down on certain players and then buys? He usually buys already graded. Uh, if he does any singles that are raw, he buys in bulk. 
she'll buy like 10, 15, 20, 30 cards and then he'll send off. And when they come back, they come back. Uh, yeah. But for him, he's always buying stuff during the off seasons. Okay. Yeah. I always like to see different, you know, people's strategy, especially people that are uh, in, in the green heavy, you know? And yeah. So, but yeah, that's cool. So oh, back to the app. Sorry. we got sidetracked yeah, there. Okay. So how, so how did the app come about? Like, what was the, uh, or just, I guess just tell me the story. Like how did it come about and, you guys get together on this? You know, I think you can to assess to it. Um, trading has always been something that even in our close group, uh, immediate and exterior people that we're friends with online that we've always been trading. Right. And there was always this fear when you, when you first met someone like, okay, well, I want to do this trade. Do you guys have references for so-and-so? Uh, how are we supposed to connect or, you know, that we trust them because you see so many horror stories. So, you know, Andrew Ojeda, um, Carol of Collectibles that came to me and like, hey, man, I think you have, I have this idea for this trading app. What do you think? And we sat down. We talked about it. We actually talked about it over the course of about a month. It was kind of back and forth. And I said to myself, okay, well, you know, is there a need for this? They said, yeah, there's nothing out there right now. Like there was nothing. This was last year. Probably we started these conversations probably late summer. Mm-hmm. We started having conversations. Um you know, I had sat down. I obviously I own and operate a business, so I sat down I was trying to look at the the numbers and see how things would work. He had already reached out to um, a branding company, to uh, an app dev that worked with through the branding company, and just kind of put numbers down and see if it made sense and see if there's something that we could provide that people wanted. And I think you know we came to the answer, the conclusion pretty quickly that this is something that is not out there and that people need. So. We did a little bit more research. You know, Andrew uh, had reached out to to Bobby and um, and myself with Chester, and we just kind of came up with, you know, let's do it, let's go forward. So we raised a little bit of capital to to jump in, and you know, the rest is history. You know, but it was uh, it has been a pretty fun ride building something from the ground up the way that we have. You know, it's it's every step of the way, whether it's the colors or the the way the uh, the font sizing, like you name it, we have touched every single thing in building it. Right. That's cool. So like, is there um, like, uh, do you guys have like rights to the app or the idea? Like, how does that go as far as like? So what we did was the name, um, you had to send out the trademark stuff, the copyright stuff. So we did all that. Um, the idea, I mean, anyone can really have the idea, right? It's, you know, and there's many shoe companies. Anyone has an idea for a shoe company. So it's difficult to say that you can't box out competitors. I think competition is great. I think people should be able to see, uh, you know, other platforms. If there is other platforms, I'm not sure. But if, if there is, it'd be great to see it and compare. You right. Know? Right. You know, just like grading companies. I think having a bunch of, uh, of options is good. Options are good for people. Um, Ultimately, you want to go with what you trust and what's been built soundly for people to be user friendly. And that's our main objective. That's why it's taken us so long to get the app out because we make little tweaks here and there. So every time we make a tweak, it takes two or three weeks with a dev. Uh, That tweak could be as simple as, you know, when we submit um, an offer uh, for a card and your card is $1,000 and a card that I'm offering is $500, but I want to go ahead and give you $500 cash. I want to be able to have the ability to put a message in there. Um, you know, that's a whole different 
uh, build out. Um, we wanted to make sure that we had UPS API built into the website. We ultimately decided to go with UPS because they seem to be, seem to be the best for shipping, uh, whether it's ground or overnight, whatever people may choose. So the built into the app. So when you do decide to buy something, uh, sell something mm-hmm. uh, through the app, which you'll have the ability to do as well, or trade, you'll have the shipping label right there. And all you have to do is click print. Uh, hmm. you have, you know, obviously, a printer that's accessible to you that you can do that Bluetooth, you'll be able to do that. Will you be, will you be able to go in with like just the QR code to like UPS and they can print the label for you? And then, you know what I'm saying? Like kind of like yeah. Amazon does that. Okay. Exactly. Yep. So uh, you brought up a good point and I, I'm, I just want to get clarity on it. So like, let's say I have the $500 card, you have the $1,000 card and I'm putting cash on top. Does your app hold the cash? Correct. So okay. you'll, be able to have a, you'll be able to have a wallet in there or you can just withdraw the funds. So if I add that 500 and you've already looked at another card on someone else's profile that you want to buy, you can go ahead and automatically use that to purchase that card. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's, huge, wanted, that's huge actually. Yeah. We wanted to make sure that again, that was as user friendly as possible that you weren't having to just immediately pull the funds into your account that you had your own wallet, Um, and then you kind of can spend the wallet as you see fit. Oh, that's epic. So is it just cards for now or is it going to be comic books? No, it's, it's going to be everything slab that we deem would be useful on the app for right now. Obviously we could add uh, as it comes along, but that's the other process of the build out is that we want to be able to have not only cards, but we're going to have comic books. We're going to have video games. We're going to have tickets. Um, You know, so with that is that you have to have those different companies, right? So you have to do the build out for the search engine for those companies as well. Um, So it's just, it's, it's been, it's been fun and I'm looking forward to seeing how much is crossed. And what I mean by that is how many people are trading comic books for cards and vice versa or video games or tickets. That's going to be interesting to see because I think a lot of people that are comic book collectors that want to get into cards, they're a little scared. They don't want to spend the money, but they know they have assets in comic books Right. And vice versa with, with <clears throat> card community. They're kind of in the same boat. So it'd be interesting to see what that trading is going to look like. I, I mean, whenever if I can get Bill, Jim, it's cards to do this trade with me, I would love to be the first person to use your app and make a trade. So. Yeah, I, I, I can't wait. You know, we were hoping to have it ready before Nationals, but we also didn't want to have uh, – an unfinished product that wasn't to our expectations. So right. unfortunately we had to delay it a little bit. Um, you know, the, the Android side is what has been delaying us. The Apple side's done. So there's work on the Android side, um, build in all the APIs, do some test runs, the beta and all that. So it's, it's close, man. It's, I'm hoping that Dallas is our, our show that we're able to, to market and network the, the app uh, in its entirety like we want to. That's cool. I mean, I, I think it's awesome. I remember, um, not that it's, it's the same, but just similar. Uh, when StockX came out, <clears throat> I went to StockX Day. It was like the second year of it. And I remember listening to Josh Luber talk about how they would never do like used sneakers or used streetwear or any of that stuff just because it's a hassle. You know, like if you're going to authenticate something, if it's brand new in the bag, that's easier to authenticate than a used item, right? Especially older, you're talking about older stuff. And then I thought it was, because you talk about competition, I thought it was interesting when GOAT came around and you can trade used sneakers on GOAT. So I guess there's always a window for something, but or is that the plan is to just stick to collectibles? 
like slabbed collectibles? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny you ask because <clears throat> we were brainstorming uh, a few months ago about allowing watches. Um, watches are big in our hobby, right? With sports cards, you know, I think you see a lot of people that, uh, that are into watches and, and want to trade maybe a watch for some cards uh, and vice versa. So we had thought about it, you know, but I just think it's going to be a, a layer of um, headache that we're not ready yeah. to deal with off the bat, right? So you have to... I don't know if anyone knows that the used Rolex market or not Rolex in general. I mean, they just gotten so good with the fakes. I mean, obviously we'd have to to get a third party here locally, which is going to cost money, and that would have to ultimately you know get passed on to the user. So I'm just not sure if it's something that we're going to entertain anytime soon. But I do think it's something that's in in the back burner that we want to do. Right. Um, it's 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 definitely there. So yeah, I think I mean just thinking about watches. It's funny you mentioned that because. Uh... Lucia likes to watch these YouTube, like they're just random YouTube channels of people buying things at like thrift shops or pawn shops. And uh, this kid got this deal on a Rolex and it was like beat the hell, like needed to be cleaned up a lot, needed a lot of love. And he got it cleaned up and then uh, took it to three different Rolex stores, like the Rolex stores. Two of them said it was fake and one said it was real. And I was like, holy shit, that's a problem. That's a terrible problem. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. Two Rolex stores said, no, it's fake. And then one was like, no, it's a real Rolex. And I was like, that is crazy. And listen, they, they've gotten really, really good with the newer stuff. And you know how it is with the sneakers. It's sneakers are getting passed through StockX that are fake. So oh yeah, it, it's, it's something that um, we would like to do. It just, I mean, that's a whole other layer to an onion that we don't really want to peel yet. Right, right. I wonder if... Uh... I don't think StockX releases those numbers, but it'd be interesting to see how many have gone through or like how many people have returned or tried to return stuff saying it was fake. You know what I mean? What their error margin is, but they probably would never release that. No, I mean, it happens. We know what happens, but you know, they're, they're such a big company now that they're able to to eat it, but there's sneakers are heavily frauded. Clothes are heavily frauded, you know, and that all passes through there. I'm sure people try to. <clears throat> StockX is tough, man, too. Like they'll cut you off without, no say um i sold a pair of shoes with them i, I actually did like eighty thousand one year in new york city like selling through StockX, just uh buying and reselling like supreme and nikes just uh, it's easy to get in new york city but uh I sold them a pair of shoes they got signed for at their warehouse they lost the shoe or like an employee stole it or maybe it got misplaced i don't know but like so i never got payout so I kept hounding them like, yo, where's my money? Like the wow. shoes got delivered. You guys lost them. Not my problem. Yeah. I finally, finally they said you're, it got delivered. We'll pay you out. They paid me out and then they shut my account down. No, no response, no reason why. So I actually had to uh, message Josh Luber and be like, can you help me out? Like, this doesn't make any sense. And he was like, yeah, I got you. And then he sent it to somebody and magically my account got reopened. But I was like, this makes no sense. Like not only did I sell 80,000, probably spent 50 K on the app between me and my two sons, you know, over the last couple of years. So I'm like, I don't, this makes no sense, but whatever. Sounds like PayPal for me. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. <laughs> they haven't knit me yet. I'm, I'm waiting. <laughs> you would say so that's that. exciting. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I was to say what sucks about the PayPal thing is that, you know, when you have to buy international stuff from people that, you right. know, 
it's just incredibly difficult without PayPal. You know, there's no Venmo or Cash App overseas. The bank wires get a little bit trickier, um, especially if you're buying something from China right now, right? Or Russia, like it's, forget about that. You can't do that. I, so, I don't think, I don't, so, I won't buy or sell anything overseas. I just won't. You know, it depends on what you're collecting, right? There's certain right. cards that are only in certain parts of the world because that's just where collectors have them. And you're kind of at their liberty to, to try to get them. So, you know, recently I bought a very large amount um, dollar wise of uh, three cards from someone in China. And I have I had to have like seven different people mule me money through PayPal to pay this person off. Yeah, Jeez. So. And you got the cards. Uh, I just paid it off yesterday. I mean, it was it was a twenty one thousand dollar deal, so it was it took a little while, you know, because it sucks. You don't want to ask somebody, "Hey, listen, I'm going to give you five grand, three grand here. Can you send it to so and so?" I mean, it's a lot to right. ask sometimes, you know. Right, right. That's crazy. <clears throat> so, with your guys's app, is that just going to be domestics, like in the U.S. at first? At first, we would love to expand it. Um, I think that's one of the things that's missing in the hobby is that you know there's such a big pull over in China, like huge pull uh, when it comes to cards and, and collectibles. And we have to bridge a gap somewhere. I know, you know, obviously eBay does a decent job of it, but you still don't see, like there's people that are here that are apprehensive from buying over there. Um, and that's typically why some cards from China that are listed up go for a little bit cheaper. But I do think there needs to be a, a, a bridge that will, you know, fill that gap at some point. Whether it's us or somebody else, I don't know, but I definitely think it needs to happen. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> recently I bought a, a Bowman uh, first, and it was like a five hundred dollar card, but I, I didn't realize it was coming from Korea when I paid for it. And then afterwards, I'm like, why the hell does it say it's not going to be here for six weeks? And it's like every other day I would check the tracking, like where the hell is this thing? You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> and then it's like. I haven't had this happen to me. Maybe I'm sure someone has, but it's like, what if it comes and the card's not in there? And then yeah. I got to wait six weeks to get a refund or, you know, or whatever it is from eBay. But, but I, I think for me personally, I I'm, I'm excited about your guys's app because like, unless I know a person, I, I don't really even care about references. Like I won't ship first. I'm just one of those guys that will not ship first. Like I know who I am as a person, like what my integrity is. And I, like I have a career, so I would never screw anybody in a trade, you know. Yeah. So like for me, I would never ship first unless I know them. But then it's like even um, this account—it was Blessed Kicks, but it's John Mortimer, Jay Mortimer. Yeah. Um, he's in, he's in the cards too now, right? He is. He is. He's yeah. he's in the Navy. Um, he actually um, Dave ATC ATC cards, I think it is yep. Dave. He um. He messaged me. He's like, "Hey, do you know this guy?" I'm like, "Yeah, I do know him. He's 100% legit. Like, you don't have to worry about him, you know." So, like, that piece of it will go away with your guys's app. Like, you don't have to worry about someone vouching for someone or saying this person's legit. Even though, like, I don't have any problem doing it, but just that I would rather pay just to have that peace of mind. So, is it? What are the fees on the app? Can you talk about that, or is it too early still? I, I kind of want to like release that when we come out with the app okay. fully. Um, but there are going to be tiered levels to that. Oh, that's what awesome. we want. Yeah. What we want to do is give people the option, right? Uh, I think that's something that we should be able to do. Like right now with eBay, you have no option to opt in or out of their review process, like zero. Um, <clears throat> so what we want to do was you value the trade. Now and that's what it's going to be based on for the trade fee. So if it's a thousand dollars under, 
you know, $2,500 okay. on her, $50,000 on her, whatever that trade value may be, you'll be able to, to select it. So if you wanted to be that person was like, okay, well, look, you know, break the wax. You know, our, no, I know our trade value in total is $20,000, but let's not pay that $20,000 fee. Let's pay the lesser of the fees. Um, that's fine, just that you're lumped into that insurance category. So we will insure all uh, facets of the trade. Uh, and that's something that's included in the pricing and the, and the price will reflect that. So if you wanted to, you know, pay the cheaper amount, you're just kind of lumped yourself there on the insurance wise. So I don't, I don't want to mess up your app at all, but one thing that bugs the shit out of me on StockX is when you buy something, you see like a handling fee, a shipping fee, the tax, and it's like broken down like four or five mm-hmm. things. I don't know why, but it irritates the shit out of me. If you guys could, if you just could make like a one fee, I think that'd be phenomenal. Like you're yeah. just shipping and insurance is like, this is it. Go. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Oh, we're making, that's yeah, awesome. we're, yeah. We're making sure that's a bundled in pricing. Um, what we are doing though, as well is obviously we're going to be able to allow people to buy in and sell on the app. That's not really our main focus, but I do think that what we'll see is a lot of users will use that side of it because on your phone, it's an app. You know, you get to take the photos right through um, the app, which is another reason why things take so long. That's a huge uh, built-in on the app is you'll take the photos and upload them onto your profile. So you will have your profile. So you'll have your Breaking Wax profile that will have all your cards or comic books listed. So I can go to your profile and look to see what you have specifically for sale, for trade, what you're looking for. Um, I mean, there's a lot of cool features. I don't want to give too much out as far as the features that we're doing, uh, but the features are going to be really cool. And having your own profile, I think, will be really important because now we'll know I can go to Break and Wax on here and he'll have all his items listed that he has for sale or for trade. Hmm. I like that. So uh, the podcast, I guess, will be sponsored by Slab Exchange. Very nice. I appreciate that. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> coming coming soon <laughs> i like the shirts you guys had thanks man yeah I, the colors look really good the colors look really good yeah the logo is nice i i like the original colors personally but I, the new ones are good too it's good yeah what we wanted was something that was you know pleasing to the eye um, i think this is a little softer and i also think it gets a little bit more attention uh you know especially with the white background the colors do really well. So, you know, we had a whole brand team that worked on what our logo was going to look like, the color schemes, and we went back and forth. We probably spent two months on our logo and color, uh, just kind of going back and forth and brainstorming which ones we liked best, um, down to font size and logos, and we experimented with so many things. I think we came to a place that we're really happy and excited about. That's cool. That's cool, man. I'm excited for you guys. And, you know, I would love to be a part of it in any capacity. Hey, listen, come to to the Dallas show, man. I'll need some help uh, promoting. I will. I'm going to tell Lucy it's a business trip and it's on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we we already uh, got a table, so hopefully everything's, you know, rocking and rolling. Yeah, that's cool. So didn't make it to nationals for the app, but that's fine. Dallas is in September, so that's right around the corner. Um, How was national? National was everything that you would expect it to be for your first time. Uh, it was in, in more. Uh, it, it was great seeing everyone that I've you know spoken to for years online and to finally meet them and hang out with them and build a closer relationship and bond with, I think is 
it, it was important, you know, especially in a hobby now that it's part of my life. It's part of your life, right? You do the podcast, I have the app coming out. I do buy and sell a lot. So do you. I mean, this is part of our lives. So to be able to finally meet these people in person was was awesome. And then to see, you know, just how much energy was was there with the hobby. And I know there's a lot of people that had negative things to say about the show itself. I don't think it was all that bad. I think there was a lot of innovation there um, with uh, with some of the companies. I think Beckett did a fantastic job with their setup. Their whole rebrand looks awesome. Uh, not so much the slabs, right? I know there's a lot of hate on the slabs, but they're going in the right direction, right? Like they, they rebranded their logo, at least for what their, their main logo looks like. You know, they had giant jumbotrons with all this information going by with really cool edited videos. They just look like they're up with the times, you know, That's like good. they're they're catching up with what is, is happening in the hobby. Um, and they did a great job with the, with, with the queue to, to get your cards graded. They even had like a standby line. Um, you know, golden auctions was there. They were taking consignment on, on site, you know, they had some really cool pieces on display fanatics. I mean, just everyone I thought did a really good job, um, marketing and brand themselves there. So did, did Beckett talk about the backlog at all, or did they say anything about that? So I, I was with uh, a couple of people speaking with some of the higher ups at Beckett at one point at the show. And they were asking me what I thought about the slaps. And I said, I don't think they were terrible. You know, I, you know, to be fair, what I did like is that you're doing away with the white paper labels. And I think they need to do that. I told them, listen, if anyone thinks that they're going to get a six or seven or even an eight on the card, they're just not going to send it to you guys. They're going to send it to PSA because PSAs look standard across the board. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that you guys have to get rid of the paper labels. And they, they all agree. They all look at each other like, God, we know this. Why have we done this um, expression? And, you know, they're just they're walking around asking for feedback. And, you know, to like just regular collectors and, and people, uh, you know, that have a voice in the hobby. And I think that's important. PSA is not doing that. Um, you know, no, no knock to PSA, but I just think Beckett was, was had an ear down to the ground. They were doing a little bit better. <clears throat> I, I would love for them to make a resurgence figure out their pricing and their turnaround times. I mean, if they can make a comeback at all, I would send all of my Bowman back to, to Beckett, but it just does like right now, it doesn't make sense for the, like, if you're going to grade and sell, yeah. you, like, you almost can't unless you're just going to keep it for PC items. You know what I mean? Um, I'm, I'm sure the TCG stuff does very well still as far as grading. Um, I sent a Charizard, two months ago to Beckett. So, you know, of course I'm hoping for a dime, but it's like, <clears throat> I don't know, man. I just, I, it's so weird that it, for so long, it felt like it was a race between them two. And then PSA just started to slowly pull ahead and Beckett just kept shooting themselves in the foot. I mean, you know, better than I do, right? Like, remember we would send yeah. all those cards for five day. And like, I remember thinking like, I don't want to send them at freaking $35 a card. It's ridiculous. And you're like, no, we have to. Yeah. I was, I was getting us those, those group pricing, right? We had a yeah. hundred cards. So we we're paying like $10 cheaper a card, which was a no brainer. Right. It was, it was a total no brainer and they came back and, and within a week and it was awesome. And then it just stopped. I, well, that was their biggest problem. Like when, when PSA closed because of COVID or no, the backlog, there was such an opportunity for Beckett just to stomp 
and they just they followed suit, and it's so hard for them to catch back up since that. Yeah, yep. yeah, because it would be like PSA would change their pricing, then Beckett would change their pricing, and it was ignore my uh, obnoxious water bottle. No, you're good. But so, <clears throat> did you have a table at the show, or you just kind of floated? So no table, um, which I was happy about. You know, you and I discuss how exhausting is behind a table. <laughs> However, at the national, it was equally as exhausting because you're walking this massive show floor, um, and that was that was probably even more tiring to be honest. My back was shot, so I had I had tossed some stuff into uh, the Bagel Master who owns Wax Crackers with Dean Showcase. A couple of my big cards that I wasn't going to like flood their display case it was like only six cards but they're the bigger ones i had oh that's cool did you guys did you move anything that way or um no you know what i, I had sold stuff to uh lane over at Layton sports cards um i had actually sold some stuff to wax crackers and i had sold a card to jeremy from uh, reckless cards uh so you know all together i only did like i did like 10 grand but i wasn't really i wasn't set up and none of my big stuff sold i commissioned all the big stuff to uh golden auctions um so it wasn't bad for something i didn't set up at and really didn't push product to anybody i just those three people are the only people i talked to 10 grand wasn't bad no that's awesome no, yeah were you were you looking for anything at national no i'm i'm so hyper focused on that dragon ball <laughs> set um what i was looking for was the grade you know those those cards i brought and fully intended to grade and to get two black labels that just made my entire trip probably why i drank too much in excess that night that oh so you got two black labels <laughs> yeah two black labels damn i didn't know that yeah man two black labels of the uh, dragon ball super uh world championship cards so what are those going for uh, ironically uh, and stupidly, one of them I paid fifteen thousand dollars for, and then I end up getting black label at national. <laughs> wow! So fifteen grand. There you go. Wow! Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. I was about to say you got any extra, but fifteen's out of my price range. I got two of them now, so <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I really wish I hadn't paid the uh, that fifteen for it. But you know, I'm, you know, obviously, I'm trying to complete that full set black label for me, right. So. Right, which is insane. Yeah. Geez. So what? Uh, I guess the, what did I see about national? People were complaining that Atlantic City was a dump outside of the show. Which, if uh, they've obviously they've never been to Atlantic City before, because it's it's freaking a bunch of casinos. I don't know what people are expecting it to be like beautiful scenery. So you know, Atlantic City. It was. Um, it reminds me, have you ever been to like Dominican Republic? Yeah. Right. And you're, you're like, you stay on the resort side of the island. Right. That was kind of like what Atlantic City was. Like, if you stay at the casino side, it wasn't terrible. But the moment you go into the city, it's just, you know, it wasn't great. So, like, the casino sides are here. And then you had all this riff raff stuff going on. And then the convention center was there. So, you know, you had to, to get a, a Uber or a cab, depending on where you're at. Right. <clears throat> was uh, inside the show, was it good? Was that a nice venue? Yeah, no, it was, it was nice. The convention center was nice, man. I mean, it, the city wasn't great because there wasn't many options besides casinos, right? Like, you know, your Atlantic City, it's just the casinos. There's some rice restaurants, of course. But there, outside of that, there wasn't much to do. 
Um, not that I'm aware of anyways. I didn't really like explore Atlantic City besides just where we were at. But the convention center was fine. It was it was a good, it was a great size uh, venue. Um, you know, they had concession stands in there too, which was, you know, always working. The restrooms were overpacked because there was a bunch of them throughout. The Wi-Fi was an issue, but that was only when you're like more in the middle of the show. Right. So the way the way it was set up for anyone that wasn't there is imagine it was for sake of conversation, it was a hundred yards, right? And the 50 yard line is where all the big uh, companies were at. So you had, uh, you know, Tops, Pinini, uh, Beckett's, Golden, uh, Heritage Auction by far had the coolest stuff on display. It was insane. It was insane. And we're talking like a ton of different stuff, you know, like secretariats, you know, shafts that went over the horses, you know, back. That's crazy. Like, you can never see that. Muhammad Ali robes and, you know, Kobe Bryant gave you shoes and Jordan gave you shoes all autoed and to tickets to wow. Sports Il- Bro, Sports Illustrated graded CDC 9-8, Mike Trout. They had it valued at $15,000. I'm like, what? We're on Sports Illustrated how long ago? Um, wow. So video games. So it had a lot of cool comic books, had a lot of cool stuff in this place. So, that was a 50 yard line. And then to the left of that going down to, you know, the end zone, it was all like vendors, right? Like the regular people that you would see at, you know, any other card show. And then on the right side of that going to the end zone, you had some vendors and then it got to like breakers pavilion, right. which was split from like whatnot booths. And then it got to the breakers side. Uh, and then behind the breaker side was the PSA side. So PSA had this whole back wall at nationals uh, where they were doing their thing at. Um, and the breakers pavilion was cool. So, you know, Layton's was there. Wax crackers was there. Uh, you know, pull wax. Um, and, like all these guys were there and they were all ripping, like the live streaming, they're ripping and they're doing these things. And everyone's complaining about the internet, but you had those guys were, were ripping right there. Oh know? yeah. Um, yeah, that, yeah, I didn't think about that. That's a good point because I kept seeing the Instagram lives too of like a one-on-one card shop and yeah, just everybody. They weren't having a problem with the internet. My my phone was bad in the fifty-yard line area, right? Because right? there's just so much going on. But when you got to like the Breakers Pavilion side, it was fine. If you got to the opposite other side, it was fine. It was really in that middle area that I was just dropping calls left and right. Mm. Um, I think there was like a pass for $80 for the vendors to purchase, which you had the Wi-Fi. Uh, I heard, and this was a rumor uh, or what I heard at the show, but something about PSA Beckett having to pay $15,000 a day for the Wi-Fi setup. What? Or like, or like some type of internet setup huh. because they, because they were great and they're on site. Right. So they right. still have all the capabilities. So I guess the machine to like, pressed down it was all wireless and stuff it was something crazy i heard that is crazy so they were doing like one day turnaround on grading or was yeah. it yeah so they, they had two options they had uh well they actually had a few options they had while you wait so you would get it in the next couple hours they had end of the day that specific day and they had end of the show so that would have been like saturday so if you got there on thursday and you dropped off and you did end of the show you would get it on saturday how, what were the prices like? Um, man, I think I think end of the day for Beckett was like two fifty. 
this is bad at all, which is what I paid. Right. Um, and then I can't remember the other ones. So obviously, they had the, the subgrades and they had the raw car reviews, which you could do at Beckett, which was like 30 bucks or 40 bucks a car, I think. Um, then CGC, not CGC, SGC was there. They weren't encapsulating. What they were doing were doing raw car reviews for, I think, $25 a card. And they were honoring whatever the grade was. And if you sent it to them to get uh, encapsulated, you got 40% off whatever the grade fee was to encapsulate since you already paid some already at the show. So that's that was cool. Yeah, it was kind of cool. It, it sucks because you know they weren't able to encapsulate there. So I think they lost a little bit of footing. I think if they were able to encapsulate there, I think a lot of people would probably would have graded with them some of the smaller stuff they had. So, but yeah, because that's an interesting point. Because with Beckett's card review, it's not guaranteed grade, right? They say it. They yes, no. It's all over the place. Um, it says on the back of the SGC label though that this grade is not guaranteed, and the rep said no. This is is guaranteed unless it comes to us and it's like bent in half and and mangled. Like you're 100 percent going to get the grade that's shown there. Because mm. I actually I actually sent a couple cards to them. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. I, I did um like a bro XRC just to kind of it was twenty five dollars, man. It was stuff that I forgot to do at the end of the show. I was like, let me just do it with them because it was end of the day as well for twenty five bucks, which is pretty cheap. That is super cheap. How did yeah. it how did the cards do? Been all right, you know, some nine fives, some tens. Rob sent some bowmen there. And he just wanted to get some of that stuff done, you know. Yeah. So um yeah, it, it was it was I don't know. It was my first experience with them. They were all pretty cool. The guys that were there, um, you know, I, I think who's I think is it the CEO or VP that we, president everyone sees that's always doing their. Uh, oh yeah, I think he's like he, a blonde haired guy, like younger he, looking he, guy, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he was there working the booth, you know, oh, that's cool. carrying boxes and, and doing everything. I mean, likewise, I heard Nat Turner was at uh, PSA accepting some cards too. So, you know, everyone was there. That's cool. What did uh did you go to any parties or the any of the because you paid for one of them right? I, I paid for the uh, Panini NFT party, which was well worth it. <laughs> um, the other party I went to was the uh, the collectible and Beckett party with the Luca Tigers guys. Okay, yeah, that was a really cool party. There was a lot of a lot of big dogs there. Um, you know, Lawrence Taylor was there. Really interesting, cool dude. Just chief and down cigars um tim hardaway jr was there and i'm trying to remember if there's anyone else it's all i remember as far as like celebrity anyways was that was a luca tiger beckett thing was that something you had to be invited to or yeah it was an invite only party it was like a vip party oh that's cool yeah no it was cool <clears throat> the panini one though so it was like they had tears right for the nft one and then yeah, so it's funny because everyone's like, oh, there's a Panini's having a pool party, yada, yada. Well, I guess at, at, uh, at Harris or however you pronounce it, um, their club, it's like the whole hotel is like spaced yep. around yep. in, yep. in the center. Yeah, it's pretty cool. In the center there has uh, a pool, but it's really a club for yeah, them. Yeah, it's a straight-up club. Yeah, straight-up club. No no one's swimming in the pool. <laughs> it's just there for, uh, for looks. Um, so we got there early. Uh, you had to get there early for the panini stuff, you know, it, but that was well worth it. It was $500 and you got a bunch of, uh, NFTs dropped into our account when we got to nationals. 
And then when we got to the VIP party, they gave us like scratch off cards for like the high end NFTs, like the Noir. Um, and what was the other one? And the white sparkle prisms that were out of eight. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So gave us those. And it was, it was a bar there with food. You got drink tickets that was included. And then they had food that was included. You know, I, you know, Barry Sanders was there. Alan Iverson was there. There was a bunch of people there, like within arm's reach in that VIP section. $500 was a no-brainer, especially when the NFTs that you've gotten, you could flip. So I already sold a Zion for $180 that I got. You know, that oh, was wow. quick. Yeah. So it almost so I, paid for itself already. Yeah. I think I'm at like three something already on some of the NFTs that sold. Wow. So 100% no-brainer, especially with all the people you get to connect with the network, which was the biggest thing for me. Yeah, I saw a, a funny video of Iverson signing cards. I guess it yeah. was at that at that thing. So Dude, it was Lil John, DJ Ski, Rob G. Like all these guys were there, and we're like on stage. Don't ask me how we got to the point to be next to the stage. It was uh, it was a fun night for sure for for all of us. Who all went to that one? Uh, it was me, uh, Adam, uh, Two Chens, Fryer Sports Cards. Uh, Vadim uh, and Lamimi was there. Everyone that I can remember, I know Adam Lefko is there, but like from like our group, anyways. Yeah, yeah. What did uh? Was there anybody at the show that you missed that you're hoping to meet, or you just couldn't link up with? I wish I would have seen South Park cards just to see what he looks like in person. <laughs> um, he had DM'd me. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Maybe a couple other people that just slip in my mind. You, know, you can't see everybody, especially when like the service wasn't the best. So you weren't right. able to like you know have instantaneous communication with some people. Uh, but you know, I, overall, like I think I met most of the people I wanted to meet. And there's probably you know five, eight people that I didn't catch up with. Um, but there's always the next one, man. That was that's what's pretty cool about this whole thing. So does it flip flop next year, Chicago? Then does it? That's, that that's what I heard. I heard that there's some new people taking over that they vow that they'll never have an Atlantic City again. So, oh, really? Yeah. We'll Whatever see. happened to the Tampa show? Is that just dead now? Yeah, I mean, I guess at Clutch's Con that they had just kind of folded up, man. Fold up shop. Too much drama. I guess is what happens when you know. Weird the first stuff one happened. was good. I mean, the first, first one, one was, was great. Good. Yeah, yeah, first one was great. We had a good time. That was the first yeah. time we, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. Besides Facetime calls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In in person, I get to see how large you really were or are. The you probably, uh, probably lost it interest though after the knee surgery though. Man, I I hit the gym last week and then, dude, I had the alarm set for four thirty this morning and just I got up and was like, I'm just gonna do cardio. So I gotta hit the I gotta hit the weights tomorrow. I gotta get in gear. I started this uh I saw Bill do it, Gem Mint Cards, that 75 hard challenge, you know. Yep. So yep. I started that. That's why I got this ginormous water bottle. But uh it's been all right. You know what I mean? It's kind of hard. I'm just limited now with the knee surgery. Um Yeah, I'm sure. <clears throat> like I before, like I, I love doing the steady state cardio on the treadmill, you know, on an incline not too high like a three you know but right now like the max i can go is like two so it just sucks because i feel like i'm just like going through the motions but it, i mean i still get a sweat so it is That's what it good. is <clears throat> yeah but dallas will be good we can we'll set up our little rematch um it'll be good 
little arm wrestling rematch. A little arm wrestling, dude. The the I, Bobby said he has a lot more videos and, and I pictures. need to see none of those, and those need to make it nowhere for anyone to see. I would like to see him. The ones of you and and uh, Rob wrestling are pretty funny. So that was yeah. I just That's too much, too much to drink, you know. And, and Rob was trying to. Uh, to show off his testosterone and I, you know, I'm a high school wrestler and yada, yada, yada. But yeah. why though? He wasn't doing that know. in Tampa. We, get, we, we drank a good amount in Tampa too. We drank a whole lot more <laughs> that night. Did you? Yeah. We, we, we started drinking um, at lunch at like three o'clock and your fault. Uh, we, of course. However, I know how to pace myself. It got to the point at the clubs where we're taking shots, and that's where things went downhill. And we're doing double shots all night. Um, you know, it was from it was from three p.m. to four a.m. of drinking. Yeah, no thanks. I would have yeah. stopped. V- Vadim was saying he didn't drink at all. He didn't drink at all. He was babysitting me. Unfortunately, <laughs> how embarrassing that is. Oh yeah, that was like that was like the funniest thing to me. He was like, I was watching Brandon the whole night, and then. And his story had these different videos from the night, and you're not in any of them. I'm like, well, you obviously lost him at some point because he's not in any of these videos. <laughs> I don't even know where I was at. I had no idea. At one point, at one point, I know I was talking to Rob G. He followed me on Instagram. I followed him back, and we were talking about something. Um, what I can't remember, but you know. I mean, I think at this point, if you don't have any DMs of somebody cussing you out or just saying you're a complete asshole, I think you're good. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's you disappeared twice last week. I disappeared twice? Yeah, because the one day you fell asleep at like 3 o'clock. It was, it was 8 and o'clock. You were, uh, and, and, and I missed a very important dinner, but, you know, we're, we're not going to mention that. <laughs> oh, did you? I didn't know that. Yeah, I was supposed to go to dinner with Vadim and, like, you know, these high-up guys from Beckett and collectible and all these right. other people but i passed out i get power nap man i was beat i was tired because we had went to that vip party the night before didn't go back to my room at like 3 30 it's like anyone's ever been to a convention you know how it is like you you yep. network at night and drink with whoever and you have these conversations with people you build relationships and then you have to wake up eight o'clock next day to go right back to um, you know, it's even everything. worse if you got a booth. That's like um, Surf Expo. Lucia hates it because I'll go for a week and it's like literally work all day. You're out all night with clients up at the butt crack because you got to be at the booth. Otherwise, there's nobody yeah. there representing your company, you know. And But yeah, it's all networking. That's good, though. I mean, at least you did some networking. But that day it was funny because in the chat, I was like, this guy gets away from his wife and kids one day and disappears. I'm like, I, I know he's sleeping. Man, it, it was bad. So I, I told uh, Vadim, I was like, listen, I got, I got to take a nap. I need a power nap. It's, it's bad. I'm not going to be able to stay up on that again. I'm not built for the 4 a.m. consecutive nights over and over. So I get to the room at 8 o'clock. Uh, Bill calls me, Jen meant, at like 8.20, I guess. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't remember the phone call at all. Because he talked to me the next day. He's like, dude, you were so out of it on the phone. You were just ex- I didn't, I didn't drink at all. I was just exhausted. And I hung up and didn't wake up till 4 a.m., 3 a.m. And I was like, oh, my God. And I had my phone. I was like, 
20 missed phone calls and text messages like from different people. Where are you at? Where are you at? What part are you at? Where are you going? Let's do this. I can't believe you missed this dinner. What are you doing? I can't believe this. I'm like, oh my God. I looked at it, just turned my phone off and went back to sleep. <laughs> I mean, what can you do? You know what I mean? At least you're sleeping. So yeah. What other, so so was it easy to network at Nationals? Like, did you go to Beckett to like set up a meeting with them to talk about your app, or was it just like purely no, for, for me, it's I didn't I didn't want to go to that length yet just because I don't have anything to show anybody, right? The app isn't out yet. So it's right. difficult for me to hand out more than just my business card. Um, you know, we had a bunch of marketing material ready to go, but it was kind of pointless to me. You get one opportunity in, in marketing. Um, and if you miss that opportunity, people may never circle back to you. So I didn't want to waste that opportunity. But what I did do was build relationships with people that, I haven't seen before um, who I've always spoken with, you know, build a tighter bond with those people, uh, get to meet other people like, you know, people from Beckett or these, uh, you know, Golden, um, Carlo from Golden. If you guys ever use Golden, definitely, you know, reach out to him. He's great. He's a consigner over there. Uh, you know, he's helped, helped us with our uh, Lamello. Okay. Yep. So I met him in person, just like meeting those people and, and putting a face to those people and shaking hands. Uh, was well worth it from the networking aspect. And then going to these parties and, you know, being in the same room with a lot of these people, um, you know, that, that was awesome. Did you, um, all, any of the recent one-on-ones you got in, those blockchain cards, did you grade any of those or did you just send them to Golden? No, I just sent them to Golden. Uh, they look so good and so clean. They, they, you know, they look like flawless cards, right? With that like platinum, bluish, teal-like shine to them. So decided to take it to them, um, you know, run it in this week, this month's auction coming up at the end of the month, uh, getting ready for football season. Right. So you think we've have we seen the uptick for football yet, or is it um, still? No, I, I definitely think, I, I think we've seen it. You know, I think you'll see people kind of hold off a little bit, taper off a little bit. I think the bigger cards will still sell, um, but I think you already see. I think like Joe Burrow XRC Silvers have come down and softened a little bit. I think some of those stuff uh, is softened, but as far as like the high end stuff, I think that will still continue to do well. Uh, and then once season comes, you know, one or two, three weeks in, people will really like sit back a little bit more. And at that point, it'd be all about, uh, you know, you know, your performance play, and we'll dictate the pricing. Right. Are you so? Are you looking for anything right now? Like, what's your strategy as far as buying? Or you're just so focused on the Dragon Ball Z and that's it? Man, you know, Dragon Ball stuff has always been my passion. You know that I'm a big anime guy, especially with Dragon Ball. It's always been my favorite. So for me, I'm hyper focused on just getting that one last card for my Black Label set, and then I'll be able to focus elsewhere. But until that happens, I'm going to continue to chase. It'll be my greatest accomplishment as a collector ever. So I don't, you know, I'm so close to it. I got to, you know, keep pushing forward on it. That's, that's cool. I, I've been just looking at um, Bowman prospects. That's it. Just looking for different guys, like low end guys that I like. Yeah. I mean, it's worked, it's worked so far for me. Um, yeah. So, you've done great with that. So I just keep looking at those guys, but that's it really. Um, <clears throat> trying to think what else. Something else I wanted to. Oh, what what are you guys doing in August? Are you, you going to be around August? Uh, I think so. Why? What's up? We're we're coming down. I don't really want to oh, say you? say on air what the dates are, but yeah. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> I I think so. What? Why does August sound so familiar? 
I think so. There's the Dallas shows in September. Yep. The first week of September. Yeah, I think August we're good. Are you coming to Tampa? I mean, we'll be in Orlando, but yeah, okay. I, I mean, I don't mind shooting over for a day or two. Um, one of the companies I'm thinking about working for has offices in Tampa too. So I, I, I do want to go to Tampa for a day and like take Lucia to some of the nicer neighborhoods and stuff and just be like, Hey, we could live here <laughs> if you're interested, but what, what that area, the area you came last time we had um, lunch uh, with with your daughter was awesome. That's Hyde Park area. That was actually in the Forbes list that I sent. In our group. Right. Yeah. No, no, no. I yeah. really like that area a lot. So like, I think she would like it too, but I think she's just focused on wanting to be on the right coast of Florida and not where you guys are, but I, I wouldn't mind either. You know, I just, the it would right just... coast of Florida. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> just, I, I would, I wouldn't mind Tampa. It just sucks that there's no waves, but I'd figure it out. I think so. It's an easy drive. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be bad. It's a, it's a better city than Jacksonville. I'm not gonna argue that. Jacksonville's like, a, unless you know where to live, it's kind of a shithole. <laughs> I told you when I was a kid, we'd go there for surf contests, and I'd be like, "Who the hell lives here?" It's like disgusting. And then you decided to. Yeah, well, I didn't have a choice. That was work. Work made me go there, but it was near home, so I didn't mind. You know what I mean? Um, Dude, is Tampa going to get it done this year or what? Um, I think so. I mean, I, you got to stay healthy. What what happened with uh, the center? Albert? I want to say they said he was going to be out for a while, but then they said it wasn't as bad as they thought, so he might be ready for the season. So gotcha. I don't think he tore anything, so that's good. But uh, well, That's good. What was it? Was it ankle or knee? It was his knee. The centers, it's always their knee. Yeah. I'm falling, those big guys falling on each other. But the uh, – I don't know. I picked the Yankees to win the World Series early on in DraftKings, and then I picked Tampa to win also. So, and that was before Brady said he was coming back. So I feel pretty good about that one, both of them. So, but yeah, man. I, I mean, we've been on for like an hour. Is there anything you wanted to talk about, or anything we missed? Um, I would say to anyone that's listening that hasn't been to a national or maybe, you know, is intimidated by it to not be, I think it's, uh, it's worth the experience to see where the hobby's at, especially if you like going to shows. Um, yes, there are people who are over, you know, priced on comps. I think the trade nights did really well. There are going to be some fair dealers that were, you know, around if you were looking to buy, but I just think it's something that, if you're involved in this hobby that you should definitely check one out. It was a great experience, regardless of all the, the crap you may hear from people that are talking down on it. It was, it was awesome. No, I think that's good advice. I think also like um, a lot of the people complaining about the prices or the comps, like to me, I'm always like, well, did you actually talk to those guys to see where they're actually at on that stuff? I mean, it's one thing to have a price on a sticker. It's another to actually make a deal and pull out cash and buy something. So not everyone was bad. You know what I mean? Not everyone was, was overpriced. I mean, there was, um, you know, Rob purchased a true blue nine, five, 10 Tatis Bowman Chrome auto for six grand. A, a first auto for six grand. Holy shit. So there was not, a lot of bad things out there. What are those, comp, what are those comping at? 
I mean, slightly above or around, but dude, that card was a big card, you know, not too long ago. So ginormous. Yeah. Yeah. That that car was close to like 10 G's. So, you know, you have someone like that and then someone else may have that car in the display for 10 grand. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean that they're all 10 grand are out there. You just have to look around and talk with people. Yeah. I think, I think people get caught up in the comps too much, you know, like for me, I, you know, the fear is I think you sell early and then something explodes. Right. But then at the same time, a lot of times I know what I have in something. So I'm, I'm okay with like the, whoever that guy was that sold at 6k. I'm like that seller. Like, eh, I got 200 bucks in this. Yeah. Or do I sell now for 6k or do I hold off and try to get 8,500? Well, 1500 bucks isn't that much of a difference and it might not happen for a while. So let's just move it. Yeah. And, and you're able to, going. you're able to keep playing, right? You're right. No, take it and keep rolling over so um yeah it's I, I just think that you should definitely go if you haven't been to a national it was my first one i'm not a big show guy either so it's it's not something where i'm telling you oh to go because you know i love shows like it's not the case at all for me the experience was really cool you know um panini is there and, and tops is there and beckett and psa and upper deck and just like i mean you went to a museum, right? There were so many artifacts there of like really cool pieces that you're never going to see unless you go to the national. So that's worth the price of admission all day long. I thought it was interesting too. Um, people were doing pretty good with those white and black boxes from Panini for their redemptions. Yeah. Yeah. It looked like people were crushing it with those. So. Yeah. So they were giving you value of whatever your redemption was, is what it looked like. So if you had a higher end, you know, a redemption, they may have given you one or two black boxes. They may give you a black box that was really good. Or um, So I definitely think that they knew kind of like where to grab from. Right, right. Yeah, I need to call. I need to try to call and get my redemptions. Be like, just take them all and just send me one of those boxes. It'll be good. Man, you know, so I had that Lamello tie-dye auto select that's been there for a long time. And when I went to try to do it, Rob had sent me the link. They all tried to, you know, log in and that and the other to see if we can, you know, do it at the show. Right. It just wouldn't allow me to do it. So when I went to the show, I was like, listen, I, you know, I went, you try to use Rob's reservation. I was like, I don't, I tried to do this. You know, you can't get a hold of any of you guys. You try to call me, like, why can't I do this? Um, and they were like, you know, I'm sorry, but we're not, we don't have, like, whoever many people put in for the reservation. We go off of what they have and match up the black boxes for value. And we wouldn't be able to match that value of your, of your card right now because you weren't in queue for getting mm-hmm. one. So it kind of, it kind of sucked, but you know, he, he, they told me that, you know, Romel has to sign at some point, you know, he doesn't want an illegal issue. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I would hope so, man. But that card, you know, we paid five grand for it way back when, and now it's down to probably like two $2,500, I guess. <clears throat> Damn! Well, I don't, when did you pick that up? You picked up the redemption for it. Yeah, yeah. Rob and I did. We co bought that. I think we actually paid like four grand for it, but still, like you know, it's dropped a ton. Right. Do you know which one it is? is it a field or a field level? Is it a court court side or? It's it's the auto. So okay. the tie dye auto. It's not a oh yeah, yeah, that's just, right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 just a tie dye auto. Damn. Yeah, I think. And I guess uh, nobody has one, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let me let me look up now just to make myself feel great about myself. When are, when do those expire? Soon, I feel like. That's the crazy part. 
All right, so we've got his auto. One's listed for $4,500, but that's a list. Let me see if any sales. Can't wait to see a $1,000 sale. There's no way. There's no way there's a $1,000 sale. Nah, no sale. But there is a uh, a field level PSA 9 sale for $2,500. So how much hmm. more does the auto go for? Who knows? That's not bad. I mean, maybe not good for you, but that's not bad. Thanks. <laughs> well, damn. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I wish you would have uh, wish you would have made it for sure. Me too, because the training I had to go to was garbage. It was not. <laughs> it was like it was something I, I was required to go to. So, otherwise, I would have blew it off. But it wasn't worth my time at all. Yeah. Well. So, but you know, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, um, dude, I appreciate you having me, man. I always, always enjoy coming on here and talking to you, man. You're my brother in the hobby, bro. You're my bro. You're my man, Blue. <laughs> We're best friends. We've only met oh, twice, <laughs> <laughs> three times. It's so weird. I think it's like three times. I don't remember. Put, I don't, put respect on it. Three times. I think. Uh, times. But uh, I think it's like. Uh, I don't know if it's our generation, like all these AOL people, like we're just comfortable like talking to people online and then meeting them in person is like the added cherry on top. But like there's people in that group chat I trust with my life and I've never even met them. You know? Yeah, but yeah, but I mean we were like the beginning of that. Think about everyone now that like they like we were we do that now, but these guys play video games and become best friends with people they play, you know, Call of Duty with for the past right. seven years. Right, right. Yeah. The same shit. Yeah, it is. It's We're crazy. just way cooler than those guys. Those guys are nerds. <laughs> <laughs> way cooler. So, but yeah, I, I appreciate you. Let me know the uh, details for Dallas. If I can make it happen, I'd love to come out. Okay. Just let me know where you're staying and all that good stuff. So, so I, I think the benefit to them is that their show is at a like nice Marriott, I think. Okay. And that Marriott is right there. So you can get the room and you know walk right down. Okay. Uh, yeah. Sounds good. Yep. All right, Bob. to it. All right, man. Until next time. Yes, sir. Later. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Break of Wax podcast. Please, if you enjoyed it, share it. Um, send the link out. Put it on your story. I welcome all feedback and comments. Send me a message. Let me know what you're thinking about, what you want to talk about. And if you want to be a guest on the show, I answer all my DMs. I think it's weird when people don't. That's another story for another day. Again, thank you for listening. I appreciate the support and all the love. Peace.